0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to part seven and our final episode of the IntelliCon Master Series special. I'm your host, Adam McQueen, and today I was joined by two special guests, both of which I interviewed at the end of the conference with... Tables being packed up around us, yet they still were courteous enough to give me 15 to 20 minutes of their time. And I can't be more grateful for that because it was two heavy hitters as well. I was joined by Dan Hamilton, the VP of Competitive Intelligence at Salesforce, and Justin Toplift, the head of Compete at High Spot. Great conversations. You're going to love this one. A couple of the things they get into specifically is Dan shares what competitive experts are doing wrong today, why that is happening and how they can correct it. Plus, Justin shares specific examples about how he measures competitive success over at Highspot. Incredible two guests to wrap up an awesome event with the Skip crew over in Telecom. Thank you to all the guests that joined us. And with that all said, let's get into our final episode. All right, we're going to get right into it. Today, I'm joined by Justin Topliff, head of Compete at Highspot, friend of the show. What I tell him is he is actually one of the original guinea pigs from the CE show, one of the first people that relented and allowed me to podcast him when I didn't even know what I was doing. I don't know if I still do know what I'm doing now, but I'm seeing you in person. This is awesome. You came to Skip. What's it been like so far?
1: It's been great. This is my first skip and first conference in person in a long, long time. So it's great to meet so many other CI professionals. I think a lot of us fall into kind of two camps. There's people who see I as a part of their job or they stumbled into it by total accident like I did as a product marketer. And then it turned into kind of my full-time job just as a function of what we were seeing in the market and what my company needed. And then there's the, the really hardcore folks who have been doing this for a long, long time and have all the black magic and tips and tricks, you know. So being able to meet some other folks of the community has been great, learn some of those tactics, and I'm looking forward to taking them back to Highspot. One of
0: the conversations has happened over the last two or three days, and it's like, it sounds like it's the toughest not to crack and compete, or maybe it's not in your opinion, but this idea of proving the impact on revenue. How do you prove your output? And I've heard a lot of different answers from different folks, and honestly, it's been a question that's come up like water cooler conversation a ton. So what, what's your approach right now in terms of improving your impact on revenue as a compete organization?
1: Yeah, the first thing I'll say is I think you have to. And just with any business program, right, no matter where you live in the business, you need to be able to point to the results that you're delivering to the business. And I think Compete is a big hot button. It's something that happens naturally in every company, regardless of industry, size, market maturity. There are competitors in your deals. And ideally, you want to win all of the deals, you know, that you're selling into. So... Starting with that in mind is paramount, and I think it is difficult to quantify unless you have enough activities up and running and some tooling in place that lets you measure different things. So stuff that we pay attention to at high spot is competitive win rate in addition to overall win rate, that includes no decision. We take the no decision out of the picture and we take a look at the deals that are competitive, how we're trending there. We look at that in a variety of ways across different market segments, across different industries or customer types, whatever your business may have. And we set a minimum that we want to try and meet a threshold every year for for us that's as high as 70% in, in some verticals or, or market segments. You can also look at that as improvement over time or year over year. So competitive win rate is something that I think should, all of us are hopefully already paying attention to. Another thing that we track is the number of competitive displacements. So how many customers have we stolen from our main competitors over the years? That's another great way to demonstrate success. Uh, There's usage components and consumption components. That gets really easy to measure around things like competitive sales plays that you may develop. For us, those live in high spot. And thanks to our scorecard technology, we're able to see what consumption is looking like, what content is being shared. We can actually attribute a lot of that to closed one revenue. So I can point to revenue numbers uh, associated with different pieces of my content. There's also involvement in deals. So if you're using a CRM, you can probably add a checkbox or a field whenever you're tagged into a deal by your sales reps and you can measure it that way. You can say, I influenced $10 million in one ARR over the past year. And that's a great way to look at that as well. Win-loss is another great way uh, to quantify your impact. And that's really useful because so many other areas of the business benefit from that intelligence. So we, we've set up automation there as well And over the past year, we've gathered over 300 feedback profiles from our buyers. And that makes it really easy to... You hear a lot of things from those buyers, right? They'll tell you what you did right, what you did wrong, what they really enjoyed about your sales cycle. Oftentimes, they point to content pieces that you made as a compete person or a compete team. and, And those anecdotes... The, the qualitative feedback as well helps you paint the picture of overall return on, on all these different activities.
0: What I loved about that answer there is you, there's no nonsense. I mean, There's there's been a lot of people struggling this, and you've got a series of hard metrics. It feels like a series of hard metrics and then overlaying that with a lot of qualitative data, a lot of feedback, which kind of just paints the picture, I think is what you said, right? <laughs> now that you have this sort of wealth of metrics and feedback to present to leadership and those in the organization what does that what has that done for you like how do you present
1: that and what has that done for where compete sits in the org? to round off all all of the metrics i just rattled off (laughs) (laughs) and that was a
0: lot of metrics people
1: yeah and stuff that you can measure we i have a one-side scorecard that that has rows for each of the things I just talked about. I think that's a really great view, especially for executives, right? Who need that higher level view for you to consolidate everything into. So that is something that I show my executives constantly.
0: It's fitting here that I have Justin from Highspot, the leading sales enablement platform. got, I got I to get you talking about enablement. Can you tell me about one of your most successful experiences, enabling your customer facing teams on a competitor? Is there something that sticks
1: out in, in your mind? Yeah, uh, two things. One is that we put every new employee at High Spot through a lesson on our competitors as part of onboarding. So that's an exercise. We want everybody to have a baseline level of knowledge about what's going on out in the market, who we're up against, and where we're going. So if, if everybody across go to market teams has that clarity, we're able to execute really well. And they're able to be mindful of how everything that they're doing will help us compete to win. The most recent thing that I can think of is around competitive sales plays, which again live in high spot for all of us, and we have scorecards that that we can look at to show the efficacy of all of those sales plays. All of us know there's proactive and offensive and defensive competitive dynamics, right, that we have to deal with, and one competitor in particular is really good at finding little things and just blowing them totally out of proportion or you know perhaps saying things to buyers that that don't paint the most accurate picture of reality right that's kind of hard to dispel if i'm putting myself in the shoes of a sales rep right do do you want to be in a deal and tell a buyer that somebody is flat out lying no you You need to get to that conclusion, but it needs to be in a a gentler way. And I think that gets really complicated when it's also a highly technical product or feature that you're discussing. So for us, we had a situation where that was happening, and we were able to develop a sales play specific to one of our features and product offerings. And we were able to do that in a way that our reps had enough knowledge about what was going on and what the competitive situation was. We quickly re-educated them on our capabilities so that they were clear on that and how it compares to that of a competitor. And then we ended with, here's some stuff that you should say to your prospects and also some content that you can share to back you up and that play has has turned into one of our most used plays and again looking at the scorecard it's been pretty effective
0: so it's like you minimize friction and then you supply them with the sources and the support that they need and then you just let the ball starts rolling if it's successful it's gonna happen and again the cool thing is when you tie that back when when i'm like what's your what's successful you tell a sales play you give me this paint me this picture and then you're also gonna have some hard metrics in the back there the scorecard that's gonna show you the reason i know that i was a good example is because one we know that this is something that common com, commonly comes up and it's a thorn in our side sometimes but i also know from the hard metrics that we look at that what we're doing in response yeah this thing's working and again that's that's painting how important it is to have these competitive competitive enablement in plays in, in order to support your sales team. Okay, on the flip side then, I've asked this question, but I don't know why I wrote this in my question list, people, because every time I ask a question, I butcher it. But it, the question is how not to get your stakeholders to use your Intel or your competitive messaging, Justin?
1: Two things. The, the fastest ways I've found is it's not written in their language, right? So if you're talking with sales reps, even your account managers, everybody speaks very different languages. So the fastest way to turn somebody off and get them to click to the next screen is to not take that into consideration and respect their perspective. And the second fastest way is to make it boring. (laughs) And
0: Justin is not boring because if you listen back to our first ever episode, Storytime with Justin, the Talladega Knights Ballad of Ricky Bobby, which I've retold on this podcast so many times, so many other compete pros are like, what? I need to hear what Justin's done. Yeah.
1: So you should have seen our sales kickoff. We we rented a racetrack and get the heck out. I pulled the race car out of the garage. <laughs> As if you couldn't get cooler people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's a, a challenge and I think the tough thing nowadays too, especially for those of us in B 2 B software, it's it's software and it's technical. And it's dry to begin with for for a lot of buyers as well. This is something we need to keep in mind as we're authoring competitive sales plays and telling our sales reps what they should be telling buyers. And I've opened plenty of plays or playbooks and it's just a wall of text, (laughs) right? And there's the balance that you have to find of installing a minimum level of knowledge and scripts that your sales reps can use without over indexing or over rotating right just enough to help them have the conversation just enough short enough to make sure that they're actually going to read it to begin with and that's where the the scorecards help right with accountability as well but those are the two fastest ways
0: justin rapid fire comes in gives us absolute gold last people in the building i think as is so I appreciate you giving me the time here. It's so awesome to have you and Ashley on your team in person. Likewise. And, uh, we're gonna have to do this again. We're gonna have to do we this will. again. So, I'm sure. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks Adam. All right, today I am joined by my friend Dan Hamilton. He's the VP of Competitive Intelligence at this up and coming startup you may have heard of. Um, Salesforce, Dan. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. I'm stoked, man. There is waiters, servers, people breaking everything down around us. We're the last ones in here. We're still here. We're the last ones at the table, still working. We may or may not have been the last people having drinks last <laughs> night as well. So we're working hard. Yeah. and I was networking. Sorry, yes. was, we were networking late exactly, into the night absolutely. last night. Building our networks. Um, no, it's been awesome having you and the whole Salesforce team here. And you led a great session today thanks um i think you were being diplomatic too you're you're always you're being political on some of your answers but this is why we got on the podcast you can really give us the real takes what you really feel no one's listening trust me no one's of on course. the camera no one's listening trust that's me. why i'm doing this yeah exactly you <laughs> just wants to see, he wanted to get some stuff off his chest he's like I, I can't do it in that session but here we are now there was a good question that someone asked you though know, and i saw you had a, you had this expressive reaction so i want to ask you as well what the hell do compete professionals need to stop doing? Oh boy, uh, it's gonna be the
2: longest podcast you've ever done, <laughs> um, man. It's 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 tough. I think uh, to be honest, like every organization is different, every company's different, every CI team is different. But a, a pattern I see too often in like B two B tech is you get stuck in this lane where, yes, I am the team that builds battle cards and content. Uh, and I just do stuff for people versus like really feeling comfortable and confident and credible enough to say, actually, this is what I think we should do. Yeah. I think that's a hard place to get to. And it's kind of comfortable, right? To write battle cards. It feels good. Oh, I'm doing stuff, whatever. People are happy. They love this content. But you know, to me, that's a path to just burnout, mediocre work. Like you're never going to actually advance, um, what you're trying to do in CI if you get stuck in that lane. So I just it's it's a it's a pain point for me. I think the the only other thing that I would say too is I think too often CI firms and especially organizations think that the best way to beat the competition is just to have the right message. Right? As long as we can put these this string of words together on this page we're going to win every time, right? And that's just not it might th- it, That might be true early on, right? Where you have this crazy, like, differentiation and the gap between you and the incumbent is huge, but that evaporates really quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I think just, just telling yourself that, oh, if we only had the right positioning, we would be fine is uh, another bad path to go down.
0: Then what's the answer then in, in contrast? If it's not yeah. just messaging, what, what, what really matters then? Yeah,
2: man. So I think um, one thing I think a lot about, I think this was in a book called High Output Management by this guy, Andy Grove, who was like, the CEO of Intel I think you guys can edit this if I get it wrong but it's this amazing book on on like leadership and management and one of the the things that really stuck with me from that was he has this principle called leverage right which is what is the five percent of activities that I can spend all of my time on that's going to deliver the most impact right so for me like at Salesforce we think a lot about like the business context the competitive context and like what we realize is if we can convince the company to make this change to our product roadmap or enter this new market or you know whatever fix this part of the organization that's not functioning properly that actually can have a force multiplier effect where i can actually influence hundreds of millions of dollars versus hey let me make sure all my sales reps see the battle card which maybe i'll incrementally affect a deal here or
0: there so you know it's difficult though hey because what you say with the battle card thing is is a deliverable it's also like a checkbox, but it is a deliverable and it's like oh i've completed a task yes. Where is the what you're talking about there is it's not a risk but it's not necessarily something that's concrete that you have to do it's like you almost have to pave your way you have to find a way yeah to influence and make a decision that might not be right in front of you
2: it's safe right it's safe it's comfortable and easy yeah for sure and and, um, and that work does still need to get done obviously. oh i mean that that is foundational right because that's the other thing that i said in the session was like if you're going to start a ci team especially in b2b anything you're going to start with sales right that's your first audience uh they're going to love you you can actually connect um you know the work that you do to tangible business outcomes very quickly right but you know to me it's just like how do you move beyond that right how do you actually see the big picture um, because the reality is like I mean we've we've gone down this path in the past yeah you, know, you could spend six months building out a new competitive messaging program framework thing whatever and that's cool right and and you know marketing's gonna love it and yeah there are gonna be some deals that you win because of that I would rather spend the six months, though, understanding the fundamental, like, nature of the competition and and almost change the playing field, right? That's That, to me, is where you actually drive the most impact, and I, I don't think a lot of CI teams really move in that direction.
0: Okay, so in your, like, experience and your career, how have you managed to get to that spot where you can do that? Is there something you've done? Is there, like, is it just building credibility over time, or is there something that you can point towards? Like, that's the thing that got me to
2: Yeah, man, no, that's a really good question. I think it is just, a, like, a... A drip, drip, drip over time. I mean, there's always going to be like big moments where the, you're kind of like in the right place at the right time and you've been thinking about something long enough and have been doing the research and then, oh my God, the CEO wants to know about this. Boom, here I am, I'm ready. And then that accelerates you. But there's a lot of like chip, chip, chipping away, you know, um, knowing what is important, right? Like, and, and feeling, feeling empowered to like not be told what kind of competitive work there has has to be done or not being told like hey we need new differentiation it's like that fundamental understanding of what's happening and then using that to kind of chip chip over time until that moment happens right because you never know what's going to happen but it is if you're right right if 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 what you believe based on all your research and analysis and conversations is correct you're going to get that moment eventually
0: yeah, I mean, this is something that we've talked to with a bunch of people. It's like sort of how do you get from being, and I think it's still, like we said, being a supporter, connector of the organization, but serving those teams. I think you mentioned this is, well, is, you, you'll phrase it better than me, but is, you, you mentioned like, instead of serving those teams they come to you and they come to you for your thoughts your takes your opinions on the matter like
2: so much yeah huge distinction right huge distinction like as a ci team it's 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 too easy to be seen as like a team that just does stuff for someone right like hey can you go do this research for me i have this question i'd like to find out the answer to it right go do this thing for me right versus actually having a seat at the table Right, even when the agenda is not about competitive, right? I mean, that's a big thing that we focus on at Salesforce is like, how can we just be in the right meetings, in the right settings where- What are some of those meetings? Well, you know, for example, it would be something like our, our long-range planning process or a product strategy off-site thing or regular leadership team syncs, right? Like, so let's say that there's a business unit you're supporting and every week they have a meeting with the leadership team. You should try and get on that call, right? They should see you as part of that leadership team. Even though you're not on the org chart, they should view you as like a dotted line. Like, yeah, you're part of the club with us. You are part of this team. You're not a separate team that we ask to do stuff for
0: us. And in terms of the teams that you work with predominantly, so you're as a leadership side, um, that you've got that seat at the table, and then the other teams you support, like you mentioned starting with sales first. Where does product fit in right now?
2: Product is, is, well, I mean, our team is kind of split up where, uh, a lot of us, our core orientation is around product, but then that's how we get to sales, right? Because for us, building domain expertise is really important, like in a specific functional market. So uh, a lot of the, the work that we do in terms of these meetings and stuff is with product, is with you know product strategy. Although, you know, our sales teams are also really important. Like we'll get onto those leadership team calls too. It really, a lot of it comes down to how you split up kind of who covers which part of the business and what the dynamics are there.
0: Okay, let's get on one piece on the enablement side. So you've got, you're leading, you're leading a compete team. I'm, I'm, you're enabling, gosh knows how many end users at this point. I'm no longer Adam here, I am a genie. I've got one wish for you that I can grant. I can grant you one wish, and it's in regards to enabling your teams better. What would that wish be?
2: I guess it depends, right? Like there's kind of a tactical answer here, and then there's also like a, like a holy grail. One thing from our experience is that a lot of times enablement is a, a function of marketing right? Or somehow they're, they're very interconnected interrelated, And a lot of the metrics that we'll use an enablement typically are things like, well, how many people are viewing the content, right? How many times has it been downloaded? Who's looking at it? What's the engagement in this material versus like drawing the direct line. And actually maybe, maybe this is my full answer. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I would love the ability to very easily do attribution, right? Where, you know, hey, you looked at this piece of material and it impacted the outcome of this deal this way, right? Um, Because too often it's so easy to get, you know, caught up into, yeah, who looked at it, right? Are people engaging with the content versus, well, did it actually drive business value for the company? And it's it's really hard to actually measure that. Like, we struggle with that and we've got, you know, we have a CRM system.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. That's a great answer. Then I guess my last question will be on that kind of, I've, I've asked a lot of people and like literally I feel like this is the like water cooler conversation is like how the heck do I measure the impact or prove the output or tie tie our efforts to revenue in some way. I think there's this like there still seems to be this thing that like, how do you change the perception of it? And maybe maybe I'm just wrong. But like, how do you change the perception of it from being a cost center to like a revenue driver in yeah. some way?
2: You know, whether you're using Salesforce or any CRM system, for most of them, you have the ability to kind of customize things, right, and kind of add to them and tweak them. So we have something that we use at Salesforce called a a deal support request, right? So if they're on my sales team, I need help, I'm on my opportunity page, I hit a button, boom, there's a request to the competitive team. But the great thing is because it's part of the CRM, we can track it and we can measure it, right? So I can tell you, I have a dashboard, I can bring it up on my phone right now, here's how much ACV we influenced last quarter right? Here's what our win rate is when a team engages with us compared to the standard one. So like that's one part, right? And I think that's a core kind of necessary part of like, especially if you're interacting directly with the field, like how much ACV revenue, whatever your metric is you support. Things get a little more complicated though, right? You're thinking more of like executive influence. That one's a little more difficult to really quantify. Uh, I think everyone struggles with that. The way that we look at it is, We try and connect work we do to outcomes with the company, decisions that are made, product capabilities that we introduce, whatever, whatever. Um, And then the other one is a bit more intangible, but I think you can kind of feel it. Like, are we part of the rhythm of this business, right? Are we included? Are we seen as, again, that extension of the leadership team? Or are we kind of in this weird silo and no one ever talks to us and we don't know why no one wants to know what we have to say? Like, I think like the more that we're included in things, naturally that tells us that we're successful as well but you got to prove it with revenue at some point up front
0: that is i think and that's like the key for so many people here as well and i think you're one of the people that are leading the way in that regards and even you're saying you've got a lot of work to everyone do everyone so does man it's everyone the nut does. to crack they're literally i think kicking us out at this point i think we're i think we're the last ones in this whole building i mean you can't you can't get us out of here um dan it was a pleasure dude thank you for having me loved it i think we're gonna have to do this again this is a mini version but i think we're having to do like a joe rogan style three hours six anytime hours. man anytime you got it this is awesome Thanks. thank you so much appreciate it